You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we've got Mr. Michael Prayer of Shreveport, Louisiana. Michael is an adaptive PE teacher, an ultra runner, and he's a race director. He directs the Screaming Monkey 100 and the Old School Race. Uh, all those are in the Shreveport area. Man, we get to talking in the podcast about the trails in that area. I didn't realize there were so many. I'm from South Louisiana. This is North Louisiana. There's a lot of trails up there. Um, and we talk about their trail running group called the goats yeah get on a trail freeport the goats i like it i like it a lot um we end up with a little bit of technical difficulty toward the end um i'm not sure what was going on i was able to clear most of it up but um you just hear a couple little spots but you'll get the gist of of what's going on but before we get started we got to talk about our sponsors. And the first one is one that I just mentioned. It's the Screaming Monkey 100. <laughs> what a coincidence. Man, the Screaming Monkey 100, you'll get to hear about it in the podcast. Um, it's becoming one of the preeminent races in North Louisiana. Uh, it's located on the Monkey Trail mountain bike course near Shreveport. It's got 11 miles of challenging hilly and technical single track. And the race director included another four and a half miles of perimeter logging road, gravel and pavement to make it a 15.5 mile loop. The runners can choose their distance anywhere from a 10K all the way to the 100 miles. Um, it's nestled between an abandoned prison, a veteran cemetery and a national chimpanzee sanctuary um so check this out you can hear the chimps caterwaul during the race you can listen to the tones of the bells chime at the cemetery i think it's every hour and uh you can run through the shadows of an abandoned guard tower for the prison how cool uh screaming monkey 100 can be found on ultrasignup.com and the listeners of this show can use the code listen listen closely the code is run the riot one, two, three, and you get the only discount available for this race. It's a 10% discount, guys. So use that. Check it out. Uh, again, it's Run the Riot, one, two, three. And uh, the race director has another race on April 3rd. As you heard me mention earlier, it's called the Old School, and it's at the Lincoln Parish Park. It's listed on runsignup.com, and it has distances from five miles all the way to 30 miles. So uh, check out the Screaming Monkey 100 and the old school. Uh, This is also brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa. Uh, Man, I love the people at Runner's World Tulsa. They are awesome. Uh, I love what they represent. I love that they are involved in the running community. They put on races. Um, And so, man, if you are in the Tulsa area and you haven't checked out Runner's World Tulsa, uh, you need to go check it out, man. If you need anything for running, they've got it. You need shoes, they've got shoes. You need packs, they've got packs. Uh, You need nutrition, you need electrolytes, uh, glasses, just they've got And if they don't have it, I bet you they can find it for you. You need advice? Man, there are some seasoned ultra runners and runners running the store. I mean, very seasoned. They have done it. And so uh, so go to Runner's World Tulsa. And hey, you can check it out. If you're not in the area, you can go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. Uh, you can also, there's a race link. Uh, I believe it's in the upper right-hand corner. You can click on that and see some of the races they put on. And last sponsor is T8.run. The letter T, the number eight. 
dot run it's gear for ultra runners by ultra runners and uh man i just have to tell you their flagship product the commando shorts had uh one of my runners asked me today hey do those things work i was like yes they work i'll be running a 50 miler soon and i'll be wearing those commando shorts they're guaranteed to keep you chafe free you put them under your your running shorts and they keep everything happy and so uh and they've also got uh some sherpa shorts they've got hats they've got they've got uh packs and other things so go to t8 run and uh, if you decide to buy something there you use the code it's the number 50 dash run the riot and you get a discount and um so uh before we get into the podcast with michael uh i just want to remind you guys that um man it, it helps a lot if you uh share the podcast you know on social media if you rate the podcast you know give us a five-star rating and just say what you like about it you know tell 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 everybody the things that you get out of the podcast the value you find in the podcast and maybe others can you know get value out of it too i don't know about you but i learn from every podcast every interview that i do so i, I hope you do the same and uh, also on the website www.runtheriot.run there's a patreon link and uh man i appreciate those who have partnered with the podcast already man i sincerely do and if anyone would like to uh just to to partner with the podcast um through patreon um you know you can do that and uh it's much appreciated well let's get on with the podcast let's talk to the race director of the screaming monkey 100 michael prayer Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we have from Shreveport, Louisiana, Mr. Michael Prayer. I almost said it wrong, Michael. We just talked about it. <laughs> uh, how you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Glad to be here on the podcast. Yeah, man. So, so you and I have been chatting on and off, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm from South Louisiana, and I've done a lot of running in South Louisiana, but I have never had the privilege. Uh, to run in the Shreveport area, man. And um, so you you get to do it all the time. So uh, yeah. I'm just curious to get to know you, get to know a little bit about the the goats and mm-hmm. uh, all about running in Shreveport. But first, man, um, when did you start running? <laughs> I, I probably have been running about four or five years. Um, okay. You know, I, uh, I originally started to get in better shape. I was probably about 220 pounds and I got wanted to just I looked in the mirror and I'm like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't what I want. So, uh, I started doing that P90X okay. and P90X you can only do for so long before it just gets so repetitious. You just can't stand to watch it anymore. <laughs> so I did that. I got into triathlon a little bit. I went down the triathlon, uh, wormhole and then realized my favorite part of triathlon was running. So why am I going to kill myself when these other two disciplines, when running is really where my passion is. So then I started running more and uh, running's my love. Um, and Streetport's a great place to run. I mean, you mentioned Streetport. We have a fantastic running community here in Streetport. And um, the one thing we kind of lacked was like a really good uh, trail community. So that's where kind of the, the invention or, or the birth of the goats came um, because I kind of, I just wanted to uh, hang out with like-minded people who, who wanted to not just run, but run trails. Yeah. And so that's, that's how the goats came about. And some of that is thanks to a group you're probably familiar with the mud and guts group. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah. We saw, saw them at a race 
I had signed up to do a race called the Chico Challenge. Yeah. That put on by Edie Kavuyan. And it's a great it's a great route. And the way it is, it goes a 20 mile loop around Lake Chico. And they were they were looking for people to be on teams. So I heard about it and I went to my local community and I said, hey, anybody want to go do this? And crickets like I got one person who wanted to do it. And so um, I contacted Edie and to her credit, she was like, oh, I can I can find a couple people down here to run with you. And we made a team with a couple of South Louisiana folks. And then we had a ghost runner where, you know, they just took the average from our four loops and then made a, a ghost loop for that person. And so I got to run the event. And when I was down there, I just saw the mud and guts folks and how they supported one another and they were encouraging and they had like minded interests. And so I was like, you know what? We need something like that in Shreveport. And so I started a group and it it, it took off. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. I, I I just yeah, and thanks for plugging mud and guts down there. When I started running trails, I um I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about ultra. And I met uh, Edie, and we started. Uh, in fact, I got an invite with somebody, uh, you know, because I just started running trails. And um, a friend of mine, Shane Bro from down there, said, "Hey, this is group. You might." want to be a part of them and it was mud and guts and and man i started uh i learned a lot from them and they're they're still good friends and uh, i try to get down there every chance i get but it's it's great when you have that community you know to to run with to to bounce things off of just the yeah you know and so man I, i think it's awesome that you know that you decided to try to bring that to shreveport um cool when you say hey i'm i'm thinking about doing that this and someone's like you know normally someone's like that's crazy but you know with my group it's like that's crazy are we gonna eat before or after (laughs) sounds like a terrible idea what time I'm glad he'd be there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I, I've met, um, and I don't remember their names, but I do remember meeting some of the Shreveport folks. They'd come down uh, for for just different different ones of the races mm-hmm. um, th- that we've had red dirt and some others. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I just remember like some really good people. And um, so when I saw that started seeing goats popping up, I was like, man, that's, that's, that's really cool. And so yeah. um, you came down for Chico challenge, but you also, uh, I saw you also ran uh, red dirt, uh, wild azalea. You've done a bunch of the, the further South trail. And I did the 50 up in Arkansas with you one time too. Oh, which one? Full Moon 50K. Yes, yes, yes. Road, uh, midsummer run at night. Yes, it yeah. was hot and humid and funky. <laughs> yes, I mean, I I injured my IT band on that run, but really? it wasn't it wasn't because of of the road. It was a gravel road. There's nothing wrong with the road. It's just I was undertrained okay. and without there, I had maybe run. 15 to 20 miles in the month and a half prior to the race. Oh, wow. So <laughs> tried to do a 50 K with, you know, almost no training. Well, what, what I like about that, uh, that race is, um, once it's out and back and coming back, mm-hmm. it's, it's downhill. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a good part of it, but it's still, uh, it gets pretty hot yeah. and humid and that's under new, uh, new race management now. Uh, okay. Chris and Ronnie and uh, some of the, the the guys in there, the group out there, they're uh, mm-hmm. they're they're doing it now. So, um, and then uh, I saw you did the hundred k at Red Dirt. I think that was the year I ran the 
I did the 50 K out there. And so uh, red dirt was one that Edie and I, uh, we kind of discovered the trail and, and, you know, helped, helped her birth that one. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was pretty fun. So what what do you think? And I saw you went back, you must've liked it because you went back and did the hundred mile. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, I I love that course. It it is a, it's not a single track at all. It's like a wide open UTV or, or um, ATV trail. I think dirt, right on it there's certain parts of the year but um uh, and it's it's kind of sandy it's not terribly rooty or or real real rocky um but it does have some elevation but not a crazy amount but the thing about it is a 30 mile loop so if you're trying to get somebody to pace you that's a big ask yeah. you know hey yeah. you want to yeah. do loop with me in the middle of the night <laughs> so, um I really love that course. And I went out, did the hundred K and I mean, I just, I had, a, it was one of those days. I just had a great run, mm. you know? Yeah. And I had a plan and my plan was to, you know, I'm going to run for this period of time and then I'm going to walk and then I'm going to run. And so I think I, my plan was to run for an hour and a half and then walk for like 30 minutes. Mm. So I was into that cycle. And the second time I'm walking for 30 minutes, I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I walking? I mean, I feel great. The weather's great. Why am I walking right now? I'm like killing my own mojo. So then I started running and I mean, I, I, at that point, I mean, I put off, I pulled off two really good loops and then um, I I just had a great day that day. So I enjoyed it. So I went back the next year and uh, I, Oh, that year it was terrible weather. The weather got really bad, but it was getting bad just as I finished my hundred K. So the people who are out there after on dark, you know, after dark, they, they were struggling. Yeah. But somewhere around seven is when it got bad. Um, But the next year I had great weather the whole time. And uh, you know, just, I was doing good and I felt really good about how I was running. And then mile 80, just kind of the wheels came off me, you know, (laughs) just like, you start to run and you're, you're running for, you know, a hundred yards, 150 yards. And you feel like you've been running for three miles. Yeah. Your breath, your breath is really labored. And, uh, you know, it, it, I, I could have used a pacer at that point, I guess, but just to keep me motivated to go because I was just tired. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's hard to explain to somebody that hasn't been there. Like, you know, when you get to that point and, and, and it's hard to know whether, you know, sometimes you just need to get more calories in. Sometimes you need some caffeine. Sometimes you just, you just got to walk a little while, you know, go through so much mentally. I mean, it got to one point during that run, it was like uh midnight or one in the morning. And, and I had, I was really on track to do a sub 24 and I ended up not, I ended up getting like a 26 or 25. Oh, like that i don't remember but um I, I was really hoping to get a sub 24 because i'd been running really good all day and then during about midnight or one like i mean i just was tired my body was tired and like i, I wanted to run and i actually got mad at myself mentally because i had done such a great job keeping up with the chafing and yeah. on the lube and nothing was hurting and I got mad at myself because I was looking for excuses not to run and nothing was chafed and nothing was hurting. And I was like, man, I can't even get mad at myself. You know, I mean, yeah. I want an excuse not to run and I don't even have one other than I'm just tired. Yeah. You know? Oh man. Yeah. The, men- the mental, the mental part of it is such a, such a, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 
I mean, it's part of it. You just try to, you got to talk yourself into doing what you don't feel like doing. That's yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, it's part, it's part of the beauty of it, you know? Yeah. Well, but, but the thing about it is even though you had those struggles and stuff, I mean, you still got it done. You got, you know, it yeah. wasn't your, your, the goal time you wanted, but you, you finished it and that's, you got the buckle, man. That's, that's important. That's the part, you know? And, you know, I mean, I, I really, it was one of those days where it wasn't even, a, I really felt good the whole time. I mean, I felt like I was going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to do it in sub 24, but now I got something out there to, you know, to shoot for. Yeah. I can yeah. Try and maybe do a sub 24. Well, let me, let me ask you. So uh, that, that was that your first, that was your first hundred. That was my first hundred. So how was your, what did you do to train to go into it? How was your training? I love hearing about, you know, different people, how they do it. And this being your first, what, how did you do it? And maybe what would you do differently? I like, I like to incorporate other races into my training. Mm -hmm. So I'll, if I had a hundred, then I would look for a hundred K two months ahead of time or a 50 mile race a month ahead of time, you know, just, just so that I, I can use those races. Cause then that's less that you have to do less. You have to plan the race director and all the volunteers are there to support you. Yeah. You just show up and run, you know, but if you're trying to do that in your backyard or at your neighborhood, uh, wildlife management agency or whatever like that, you've got a plan for all those water stops and all the nutrition and all the food, which I can do, but yeah. if there's already a race in place, I can support that yeah. and then still, you know, work toward my goals using that. And get you some did, bling. <laughs> yeah. I did a 50 K and then I think I did a 50 miler um, before my hundred miler. I'm not sure if I did a hundred K cause I already knew I could do a hundred K yeah. cause I previous year at that same place. Yeah. So I, think I did a 50 it's it's kind of a dress rehearsal too, you know, if you're because nutrition wise, uh, hydration wise and all that, you can use really use that to plan out, you know, what you're going to do for the big dance. Yeah. And I think it was the wild azalea that I did about a, um, two months before the red dirt that year to get yeah. me ready. And that's what really. And like I said, you know, with, with, with the lube and all that's in the chafing, I I learned some lessons at that wild azalea. <laughs> yeah. Why red dirt. And then I didn't have any issues. Everything was, you know, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so, you know, everybody listening, they're ultra runners. So what, uh, I mean, what lube do you use or what, what's the, what's the lesson that you learned without, you know, getting oh, too graphic or anything? But. Everybody, everybody's different. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I started using trail toes. Um, mm-hmm. they were a sponsor of the race, the screaming monkey a couple years ago. And so I had some extra packets left over from yeah. that. So, I really like the trail toes, but you know, one of my things is if I, especially if I'm wearing a, um, uh, a tank, yeah, I get chafing right here under my arm, I Same guess here. from where my arm rubs against the side of that tank. Yep. And that it doesn't hurt. It just is, uh, you know, it's like a mosquito buzzing in your ear, you know, it's, it's not really killing you or anything. It's just it's driving you a little bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, now I, everybody gets a little bit of the butt chafing, you know, so you got to <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. that. So that, and that, that's good for that. But I mean, as long as you stay on it, you know, yeah. and, and you, you have a plan, don't wait until you feel. Yes. Like that's true. it's not wrong. Cause <laughs> yeah. then it's too, it's too late. So, so uh, talking about training. So some people, um, some people are high mileage uh, in their, in their uh, build up for a race. And, mm-hmm. and some people, 
you know, some people can get by with with lower mileage leading up to 100 yeah. and, and still. So what was your max week uh, work? Uh, I think I with like 60 to, to 65 miles a week is okay. pretty much what I, would, what I would do. I would try to do like um like a, a five and then a three and then take a day off and then do maybe an eight. And then on my on and maybe uh, then do a three, a little maintenance three, and then on Saturday or something, I do like a longer run, like a twenty yeah. or twenty four. Yeah. And then on Sunday, I wouldn't take a break. Generally, I would go out and do something, maybe a bike ride or maybe an easy three or four mile run. Yeah. But you know, I, I wasn't. I'm. I'm not. I'm gonna do a hundred miles a week to train for a hundred miler. Right. I, I, don't. I mean, I think that's just wearing down the machinery. Yeah. And, and if one of those things too, uh, for this, for this last race, I did, I, I did a lot more miles, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, a coach helping me a uh, great coach and he challenged mm-hmm. me a little bit, but if you do the higher mileage, you got to balance it with rest, you know, a rest week or, you know, you got to put mm-hmm. rest in there. Cause yeah, you'll, you'll, like you said, wear out the machine and things will, mm-hmm. the wheels will fall off and that's, that's not helpful, <laughs> you know? Well, my, th- my thing usually isn't like the lack of running. It's usually the lack of discipline in the eating department. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, it's so easy to justify. I've been running all these miles. I can eat yeah. the whole pizza. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, it's crazy. All the miles that I just ran, I, um, I'm actually, I didn't, I, I wasn't my normal race weight. And partially because of, of eating, I, I, w- I was doing kind of keto and now I'm not, um, but um, because of eating. And, and so like before my next races, I want to drop of, you know, get to my race weight, my comfortable mm-hmm. race weight. Cause I, I think I've, I felt it, you know, know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how you can run all those miles and still put on weight. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, you can still run when you're not your perfect race weight, but I mean, I think I run best around 182, 183. And right now I'm at like 192. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I look like a weeble wobble going down the street or anything I'm running. So, yeah, uh, but I do think I'm a little bit more effective. My body, you know, operates better at about 183. Yeah. And that, and that, that, that and that's what I'm, you know, I feel like, and it's about 10, if I get about 10 pounds under where I am right now, that's like op- optimal, mm-hmm. good, comfortable. I feel, still feel strong, but yeah. I'm, I'm a little lighter. And, you know, I remember reading a long time ago for a marathon, just how five pounds make, you know, they talk about the percentages and the effort you mm-hmm. got to put for a marathon. So I, I would imagine I hadn't seen any research, but over hundred miles, you know, I think 10 pounds will make a difference. So, um, you, but you gotta go, can't go crazy and say, well, if 10 pounds makes a difference, I'm going to lose 20. And yeah. And you know, you just, you're destroying your body and you, you lose oh, yeah. your strength and effectiveness. So it's to find that balance, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. You want to keep strength and lose the fat. Yeah. And I don't ever want to be one of those, you know, super skinny, uh, runners. I just don't want to, that's not me. <laughs> That, that might be a good change. I've tried being the heavy runner for a while. <laughs> Go the other way. <laughs> just stop. Just just don't eat for a while. You know, just <laughs> burgers and beer and pizza. And I don't know if I. Could be- <laughs> well, then then what would you do with your trail friends? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because half of it's the running. The other half is the before and after, uh, you know, <laughs> so. And that's the funny thing about trails. I mean, to, to be such a social kind of sport, it's a very, it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're by yourself yeah. for hours and 
hours at a time, but you know, if you can run with someone for a little bit or you can meet them at the trailhead or meet them when you're done or when you're done, double back and check on them. That's what I'll do a lot of time. If I'm running with someone slower, I'll go ahead and run my run. And then when I figure I'm about a quarter or half mile ahead of, Oh, double back, visit with them for a bit, run for a couple minutes and then take off again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's funny. You mentioned Chico because I I spent so much time for my first hundred training on there. And I did my first hundred on it, but we used to meet, you know, with Edie and a big group, we'd meet and Mm -hmm. we'd all take off at the same time. And then, you know, we'd finish at different times or we'd catch up with each other, run together and just kind of the same thing. And then we'd all hang out after, you know, and uh, I love that because we, like you said, we do spend so much time alone. It's, Mm -hmm. it's good to have the, the camaraderie and the, you know, just to be able to hang out and and share the run. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, you know, I always tell people, if you don't like to be alone, then maybe ultra running isn't for you because you're alone with your thoughts a lot. Yeah. You know, even in races, that's, what's crazy. A lot of people don't realize it, but you know, uh, I, I don't know at red dirt. Did you end up in no man's land quite a bit? Not, uh, no man's land in what regard? Just, just running by yourself, you know, just in that between, you oh, know, Oh yeah. I, I would say out of the hundred miler, I mean, I was with somebody for eight to 10 miles. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of my experience a lot of times too. Because when you have a 30 mile loop, there's so much room for people to separate and spread out. Yeah. And so I really felt like I was alone most, you know, 90% of the time. Yeah. So do you find that a, a comfort or do you, uh, are, is it just what it is or do you find it a detriment? Well, I mean, what, how do you, how do you respond to that? How does you, how does your mind respond to that? I, I think I find it a comfort, you know, I mean, I, I, in that situation, because it's such a wide trail and it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to listen to a podcast or a book, or you can, you know, put in your headphones, there's not, it's not single track. People aren't yeah. trying to bear past you on a lane this big. Yeah. So if you just want to zone out and listen to, you know, eighties rock for three or four hours while you run, you can do it, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, it, or if you just want to be alone with your thoughts, part of the run, reason I, I run, you know, is because a little bit of attention deficit hyperactivity kind of thing. And okay. it, it, my mind is always going. So the effects of running is it settles, it settles my mind. Yeah. Uh, in here sometimes, you know, you're sitting at the house and my foot I, and my wife will go, Michael. And I go, go Michael. And, and I don't even realize it. And, and I'll go, what? It goes, your foot. And I look at my foot and it's just going. And then just because maybe I hadn't run that day or, you know, yeah. just, but, but running settles that for me. So, so full, full honesty here, man. Uh, when you're running down the trail and you're by yourself in the middle of the night and you're listening to eighties music, are you singing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible. So I got asked when I was working at Chili's, I got asked not to sing the happy birthday song, just to mouth the words. Nice. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, during, during love it, it's funny. Cause uh, I'm in the middle of the night trying to keep myself awake for us. I was singing some old hymns and then uh-huh. uh, I had just had potato soup at the previous aid station. And I don't even remember the song, but I was singing the praises of that potato soup. Oh. <laughs> I was <laughs> just you didn't like make up a song like potato soup is so creamy. <laughs> Potato soup is so good. That's like do something like that. I would. That's 
Yeah, for, for a good couple of miles, I was singing about making up a song about the potato soup, you know, so. Easy <laughs> quesadillas. <laughs> you know, you, whatever it takes, man. You got yeah. to stay awake try to keep yeah. your keep yourself engaged, man. We're not solving all the world's pro- problems out there. Sometimes we're just coming up with stupid songs about <laughs> Yeah, you know, and hoping... Well, actually, I didn't care if anybody heard at the time. If somebody hears yeah. him, hey, said, join with me. <laughs> Sing along. <laughs> oh. or, or, yeah, I think I heard last week y'all talking about a chili dog song or something. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you, you, you need to listen to that. It'll get stuck in your head. Ah, you, you just brought it back, man. Appreciate that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, um, so Red Dirt, you did, you did these races, you did some in Arkansas. What, um, what has been your, your favorite race that you've participated in so far out of the races that you've done? Man, that, that's, I think for me, um, probably be, because it's it's really one of the first runs that introduced me to trail running. Mm-hmm. There's a local race put on by a store called Sports Spectrum, which is a, a big store here in, in Shreveport. And they, they've been doing this race for quite a few years. It's called the Monkey Trails. Oh. And it happens to be at the same place where my race, the Screaming Monkey, is held. But they only do a – they do a five-mile – now they do a three-mile, a five-mile, and a ten-mile. Okay. Um, but so it, it's not an ultra by any stretch of the imagination, but I mean, a 10 mile trail run out there, it's, it's yeah. a good, you, you know, you've done something after that, after that 10 mile run at, at uh, monkey trails. So pro I would say the monkey trails race. And then my second favorite, um, red dirt is a special spot in my heart. And then maybe third was this race called the big dog that used to be at Lincoln parish park in Ruston. And now he, they no longer have it. And so now I have a race there called the old school. And nice. so I love that course at Lincoln Parish Park. Nice. Nice. Well, we definitely want to, we definitely want to talk about your two races in just a minute, but um, so I forgot to ask this earlier. You're not originally from Shreveport, are you? No, I'm, I'm a, uh, I spent a, a lot of time growing up from probably about the age of two to 12, 10, uh, no, two to 12, 10 years in like the Philadelphia area. So oh. if I sound Yankee a little bit. That's probably why. But I'm also a military brat. So I then I went and lived with my dad and we lived in Japan. We lived in Maine. We lived in Texas. And then later on, as it, right after high school, I lived for a year in Las Vegas, Nevada before oh, wow. I joined myself. So um, spent a lot of time kind of traveling around. Um, but my accent is probably northern uh, Hey, no, it's, it's not bad. Coast. I just, Coast. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, I just, I, I was I, sound I, like South. I don't. Yeah, think. you don't talk like that. Well, and, and a lot of people, there's not a lot of people in Shreveport that talk like that because they're north of I-10. No. So yeah, it's, it's more like uh, South Arkansas almost. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you said you served in the military? Yeah, I was in the Air Force for four years. Oh, nice. Okay. And then I got out on the GI Bill. Thanks, Uncle Sam. Uh, and I went to school and I became an adapted PE teacher, which is just a job that I just adore. I work with kids with special needs and help them with their uh, motor deficits or motor delays. Oh, wow. Um, that's that's pretty awesome. Are you, an are, do you work in the schools or do you, you work uh, one-on-one with kids? I work Yes. Um, you know, because with COVID and all that, we've had to uh, we've had to, you know, twist and pivot a little bit. And so 
we are in Louisiana still seeing kids in the schools, but they can opt and I can see them virtually. So um, I'm seeing some of my kids virtually. So there are times where I'll share my screen and we'll watch a YouTube video and we'll sing along and we'll do exercises and whatnot. Um, so that's, that's fun. You almost have to be a, a little bit of an entertainer when you're working with a kid who's sitting in their living room and their mom's right behind them. And, you know, yeah. sometimes I almost like when the session's over, I almost want to say, all right, that's been my time. You've been a great audience. Don't forget <laughs> to tip the bartenders yes. on your way. <laughs> yeah. Do you, what age group do you, do you do it with? Uh, four year old to uh, 12 year olds. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so um, my, uh, my, we just had our, our first granddaughter a couple of years ago and she was born with spina bifida and okay. um, it's, it's pretty severe. And she has, uh, so my, they, my, they, my daughter and son-in-law live in Baton Rouge and they, um, you know, with, with COVID and everything, they've been having people come still can come in the house and they did mm -hmm. some, some via uh, uh, the internet and, um, uh, you know, video conferencing, but they have people come in and, and kind of, you know, she's still young, but working with her, trying to help her motor skills, helping her stand, working with the, yeah. the braces and everything else. And so I would imagine you do kind of some of the same thing, but just a little bit. Oh yeah. You would have a physical therapist come in and, and then she, I'm sure she probably has an adapted PE teacher as well. And, you know, not every state, unfortunately, uh, has adapted PE and, um, uh, that that's kind of a discussion for another format, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really wish every state did have it. Um, some states just rely on the regular PE teacher to provide those services and accommodations, which, you know, I mean, just from life, if 60 kids come in and one of them's in a wheelchair, are you really going to be able to give that child in the wheelchair the, the attention that they need, right. or are you going to focus on the 60 that are ready to, you know, to ready to do the activity that you have planned. So right. I think they fall to the wayside when it's just left that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think, I think that's a, it's a very important job. And, and, and it, when you said that, like my, cause my heart, you know, my daughter runs, I run, you know, and, and then, you know, we have, you know, our, our grandbaby's got spina bifida, but we're, you know, we're going to want her to, to do as much as she can, uh, yep. and, you know, adapt it or, or not. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, and so, um, I don't know, I think, it, I think it's an important job. I didn't even realize you did that, man. So, so kudos, man. And keep, keep doing it. I'm sure it's a, uh, it's a blessing to, to kids and their families, you know, trying to encourage them to do what they can. That's, that's huge. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so how long have you been doing that, man? Uh, I've been doing adapted PE for 12 years. Um, I was a regular classroom teacher for about um, uh, 13 or 14 years before that. Okay. Um, also, I, I did spend some time in my last job uh, working with an after school, working with after school kids to do, um, I called it run and fit. So it was just a, like a, a program we did after school where the kids would come in and I tried to teach them. Um, that running can be fun mm. um, by using games and activities and not so much just like drills, you know, cause yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was, when I first got to the, the school I had been at the previous uh, uh, they had a running club and the previous gym teacher who had been there would just would sit on a bench and the kids would go around the track. Yeah. And I just, I was leaving one day and I was watching and I'm like, that does not look like fun. Like running should yeah. be fun. Yeah. I, we 
show these kids running can be fun. And then later when it gets serious, at least they have that under that undergirding of, Hey, yeah. running can be fun. It was fun. It could be fun again, even though it's hard right now, it can yeah. be fun. Yeah. You know? So that that's one of the things that when I was doing regular ed and even when I transitioned to APE, you know, working with those kids in that capacity to, uh, to do running and make running fun, um, was great. And then also that program, we tried to incorporate some character building kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, just, just ways to be positive and, uh, be a positive, good person to yourself and to other people. Nice. Nice. Um, when you, when you taught in the classroom, what did you teach? I taught uh, third and fifth grade math, science, and social studies. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's an interesting age, man. <laughs> I like math and I like, uh, you know, it's cool when I was teaching third grade, third grade is probably my favorite because um, eight-year-olds are just getting to be a little bit more independent. Yeah. You know, you don't have to baby them so much. Yeah. Uh, fifth graders are practically hormonal teens. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they really don't need any babying, but the third graders about for me is, was a sweet spot because, uh, they, they are just able to be a little bit more independent, but they still, they still need you, you know? Yeah. yeah. My, my daughter's a third grader. She's at a fun age right now, man. She's, mm-hmm. she's, she's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with that a hundred percent. She can do her thing a little hard headed mm-hmm. every now and then, but you know, yeah. fun, fun age. You can still teach them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and at this point they still look up at you and they're like that, you know, lovingly, like that's my dad. Yeah. Wait till yeah. comes around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get who's, that, who's that goofy guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you'll be an embarrassment. You think you're a cool guy? You're going to be an embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so, so you, you, you've been teaching this running, you're doing this stuff. And then, so you, you started the, 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 the goats group and you guys, mm-hmm. um, Tell me about the, I guess, the trails that are available out there in the Shreveport area. What, you know, what, what are your, uh, the monkey trail that we'll definitely talk about in just a little bit. Yeah. What other trails do you guys have a pretty good trail system in the area? Yeah, we've, we've kind of got a, pro, a private trails, uh, a, a trail system in the middle of town that, that it's called Lakeshore that people, people ride. Um, it, it's pretty accessible. It's near Cross Lake. Uh, we've got uh, the Red River uh, Refuge area that you can run is nice. We've got uh, Lake Bistino State Park is about 35 minutes away on I-20. We've got uh, Bodcall Wildlife Management Agency, which has some trails right there. And that's uh, by the Corps of Engineers and also the state wildlife and fisheries kind of has part of that too. So if you wanted to run gravel as well, there's tons of gravel roads out nice. there in forest at Bodcall. Um, and I always tell people this too, is like, uh, oh, and we have a, in Texas, just 35 minutes away is one of my favorites is the Karnak Army Ammo Plant. Huh. And it's got, it's got tons of old roads from when it was a military installation. So you could run on roads out there and train for a marathon, or it's got an equestrian trail that's really flat. I think the seven mile loop has 38 feet of elevation change. <laughs> Well, that's a lot of elevation there, boy. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. It's all in one spot in like a quarter of a mile is the entire 38 feet of change. Oh, uh, but other crazy. than that, it's, it's a really fat, a flat, fast course, and it's fun to run. 
Um, so we've got some options around here. If you want to go a little further, there's a lot, there's some options in, in, and Tyler and Longview and Marshall. Um, and then also I tell people like, you know, look at places where people don't really think of running. Like if you've got an uncle who has a deer lease, you can go run your uncle's deer lease. Just ask, Yeah, you know, I let you run when it's not hunting season, you can run it as deer lease anytime you want. Or, you know, wildlife management areas, you just have to, you know, get on the website to make sure nothing's in season. Yeah. There's plenty of area to run at WMAs or National Wildlife Refuges. So, I mean, yeah. it takes a search and there's apps out there like all trails and gut hooks and things like that, that you can find, you know, local trails. Or you can, if you live in Shreveport, Bossier, you just ask me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I've done a lot of research on places to run around. Here. Yeah, get on Facebook and look up the Get On the Trails Shreveport. And yeah. yeah, we're going to interrupt just for a minute to tell you about the Outlaw Race Series. You might have heard about it. Well, you're going to hear about it again. <laughs> go to www.outlaw100.com to check out the Outlaw Race Series. Man, they've got so many races. Uh, the Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas. There's one in January, one in April, one in September. The Lake McMurray. Tree Run in Stillwater, Oklahoma in April, Flower Moon in Pawhuska, Oklahoma in May, the Dark and Dirty in Wilburton, Oklahoma in July, and the Thunderbird in Norman in November. And of course, the flagship race is the Outlaw 100. Uh, it's in February. There's a 135 miler, 100 miler, 50 miler, 26.2, 13.1, and a 5K. These are all tremendous trail runs uh, put on by ultra runners that know what they're doing. Uh, I've had a blast with the races I've been able to run. I've heard nothing but good on the races I haven't been able to run and I'm hoping to get all of them under my belt. And uh, so check it out. Go to www.outlaw100.com and sign up. Do you guys have like, uh, y'all have uh, regular meetups or anything that y'all do? Well, we were had a weekly schedule and and a friend of mine who's on the page just kind of tried to he's trying to reinstate our weekly schedule, but we were doing good for a couple of years. Like we would post a schedule. We'd do a stair workout. We'd do some hill training. Nice. Uh, we'd, we'd, you know, meet on a Thursday and run a Lakeshore trail and COVID kind of yeah. 86 that a little bit. And, and so we just, people started not coming. So it was like, we stopped scheduling it. And then there was a uh, phobias and fears, you know? And so we just shut it down for a while, but my yeah. friend Paul has started to bring it back and we've got a little bit of a schedule going and Good. we're trying to think more things together. Um, I love, I love, like I said, with my run and fit club, I love trying to incorporate gains yeah. into. So we did one where you, you climb up, you, you go up a, a hill, a 10th of a mile. And I had some forks. I called it fork in the road. So you get a fork and you come back, a, a, you know, a plastic utensil fork and you run back to the bottom and you put your fork in a certain spot and then you run back up and you get a fork and you come back down and then you run up and get a fork. And then there was some red forks in the middle too. And you could get a red fork one time and the red forks had their tines in the dirt. So you couldn't see what they said, but when you pulled it out, it said steal a fork or, times three so that counted for three forks or whatever yeah so you go get three forks in the pile and so at the end the winner was the person with the most forks but then also if you had to steal a fork you could steal a fork from somebody i mean so that that was fun um so i just tried it it makes it makes climbing hills 
gives your mind something to do while you're climbing hills. Cause it was a, it was a, probably about a 16 or 17 degree hill that we were going up yeah. each time and then barreling down. So I like that kind of thing. We did a, man, we did a fun game called um, King and Queen of the Hill where we had another hill and we uh, had everybody and we, we did a test loop. And so everybody ran up the hill and wherever you finished on the test loop, you lined up to a corresponding um, cone hmm. and further, further away. So the fast guys were further away from the start and the slower people were at the front. And okay. then once we started, you'd run up the hill, we'd say go, and everybody would take off and run up the hill. The last, then we'd take a cone away. So if there were 17 runners, there's only 16 cones. So the fastest guy's in the back and the slowest person is supposed to be in the front. And then so when we come back, the fastest guys still go all the way to the back and the slower guys get in the front, but there's one person's not going to get a cone. Uh They're out. They're out. Yeah. And then you take away another cone. And then you, so now there's 16 runners and 15 cones. You take off, you run up the hill, the last one back to the, the start line, you know, doesn't get a cone. They're out. And so nice. there's a lot of strategy involved because if you're a fast guy and you're just barreling it every time, you're probably, you might wear yourself out. Yeah. Plus you're having to run further because you're 40 yards behind the start line. If there's 30 people lined up, you're 40 yards behind the start line. You got a 40 yard deficit over everybody else. Yeah. And, and the fun thing too, we called it King and Queen of the Hill because to play, you had to show up with a king size candy bar. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, so whoever won at the end, the, the, the top male and top female e- each got to walk out of there with a handful of king size candy bars, That's which is awesome. super healthy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> a runner's version of musical chairs with hills. That's exactly what I was thinking. Musical chairs. Yeah. Man, that sounds so much like uh, you're talking about mud and guts. So um, mm-hmm. in, uh, in mud and guts, our guy, two of our guys, uh, Donald Schoolmaster and uh, John Robodeau, they'd come up with things like that. And we had a mm-hmm. um, like a summer series where each group would come up with some kind of crazy race or something like that. Yep. And we'd score it. And, uh, yep. you know, we, we did one where it was uh parking towers uh we have a series of parking towers and you had to you know run up and down each one and race and uh, so anyway but uh yeah man make you know make it fun i I miss some of that man that's that's good ideas i mean we we started doing running because it was fun you know but the funny thing about running is like you say hey i think i want to go on a six mile run and you're thinking that sounds fun and somebody else heard the same thing and they're like that sounds like torture (laughs) that's ridiculous Why would you want to do that? <laughs> oh, no, that's cool, man. Well, I, I'm I, like everybody, you know, hoping that, you know, now that things are starting to look better with COVID, we can get back to some of that. Um, I like my, I like things kind of on a regular schedule and uh, hopefully you guys can get back to, you know, rebuilding a lot of things in life, but you know, the running club and, and get back to, mm-hmm. to, to normal. And I think a lot of people at first, I don't know, enjoyed being alone and, and the, you know, not having commitments, but then after a while, I don't know, you kind of miss people and structure. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, well, so, uh, you, 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 you got into this running thing and, you know, you got into the trails, you, you got the, the goats community out there. And, um, what was it that, that said, Hey, I want to put on, 
uh, ultra marathon and not just an ultra marathon, but I want to put on a hundred miler. And so, so tell me about how the screaming monkey came to be. Well, you know, we started the goats group, uh, and it was, uh, I had a friend supporting me and, uh, and she was like encouraging, yeah, you should start it. And it was funny. We kind of, I was kicking around different ideas for names of the group and I want, I thought an animal would be cool. And so I wanted something that was rugged and tough. And so I was just throwing acronyms out there and I came up with some ridiculous ones and I came up with some ridiculous animals and, and finally just goats just popped into my head and I was like, well, how can I make a goat work? And I was like, Oh, it ends with an S so I could do Shreveport and there's trails so there's T, I, so, and then get on a trail, just kind of pop. And I remember I sent it to my partner I was working with at the time, and, and uh, she just texted back right away, that's it, when I texted. <laughs> that's not she, bad. That's <laughs> it. I was like, yeah, I felt like that was it, too. Nice. Um, well, she and I were working together. She had supported me when I wanted to start the GOATS and was very instrumental in the beginning. And then so – at one point she just says, Hey, you know, we, we don't have an ultra in Shreveport Bossier, but we have a good running community and we have a good group that we think would support it. So why don't we start one? And, you know, I, I, I was into running them, but I wasn't really thinking I wanted to like your guests from last week. I heard him say they kind of got into it a little sideways. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about having uh, an event management company or hosting races, but so she was like, Oh, you know, we, we can do it. We can do it. And I was like, okay. So uh, we did. So we started the, the we talked to the, um, the Caddo uh, parks and recreation about it. And uh, we had a good partner out there at the park. And so we got it going. And then um, the first year went really well. And we had probably about 225 people show up for an inaugural event. That's awesome. And it was, it was in April of uh, 2019. Well, so we had planned the next one to be April of, of uh, 2020. And, and so right away, I mean, probably like four days later, we started an ultra sign up and, we, you know, we're ready to go. And over the summer, like I was talking to my partner, like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, excited about this. You know, we're going to, it's going to be awesome. And she's like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. Ooh. And so it was, it, she didn't want to do it anymore. So, um, probably around December, I finally heard from her for sure. She wasn't going to be a part of it. Um, and at that point we were still going for April of, of 2020. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I started doing all the heavy lifting on my own and, you know, it started, you know, dealing with the vendors and ordering things and whatnot. And, um, was still kind of feeling like, I don't know, you know, we're going to have the race this year and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, and then, and we had to move it from April. I don't, I don't mind in spending money, but I like to get value. Yeah. And so, um, I know a lot of people, a lot of races just canceled and kept people's money. Yeah. And I couldn't, I could never do that. So we postponed it to November and, um, we probably had about 210 or 211 people. So not as many as the inaugural, but it was post COVID. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I wasn't. I still thought the numbers were really good. And so we had it in November of um, 2020 and we had a great race. It was a beautiful day. Um, 
And so we were just there at the race that day. And I was talking to the park director and talking to my support people. And they were like, so we're going to do it again. And I'd been up in the air because I didn't, you know, I didn't know if I was going to do it anymore um, because I really hadn't, didn't get into it with to do it by myself. I thought I'd be working with a partner. Yeah. So I was like, uh, and then the, my all my people were just the, all the goats that were helping out, were so supportive, and they were like, we "Want to see it go on? We want to see it continue. It's great for our community. Um, we, we love having it. We love that it's here." Uh, so we want it to go on and they're like, but we don't know if we want to turn around and do it in five months again in April. Yeah. And the park director came to me and he said, man, this park sets up better for a fall race than it does for a spring race. Cause mm. in a spring in early April, you could have a 90 degree day yeah. and you could have a, you know, really wet and uh, tumultuous conditions. So maybe we let's just keep it in November. So that's when, what I did, I said, Hey, we'll just keep it in November. That'll be his new natural time. Yeah. And, uh, and so when I posted it to lure, which is the, uh, Louisiana ultra running page on Facebook, like people were like, Oh, we don't know if we want it there in November. We kind of liked having the, the season extended. We want the race. We want it in April because it extends the race season, which I see what they were saying. Yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, you want the race season extended? I'll come up with a race and we'll extend your race season. So that's how I came up with the old school oh, at nice. Lincoln Park. Yeah. Nice. Well, before we before we get to old school, people who've listened to the podcast last week heard the uh, the insert, the advertisement. But tell I, I didn't realize how cool um, the course is for Screaming Monkey. So so give me your 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 description of, you know, of, of the course and and why it's called Screaming Monkey. Sure. All right. So the course is, is uh, first off, uh, we've got um, good trail, great trails out there enough to provide a 15.5 mile loop single track one way. There aren't going to be people coming from different directions. If somebody's coming from a different direction, it's all flowing one way, 15.5 miles. We've got some low areas, like some bottoms where you can get three or four flat fast miles and then we've got a lot of up and up and down in and out windy mountain back mountain bike single track uh we got pines we got oaks it's beautiful a little bit of gravel road mixed in there a little bit of a, a prison road um the fort wade correctional facility probably closed about 10 or 10 or 11 years ago it was a, a like a, a mid-level or a medium you know danger prison um and so that's still out there. The first year we ran through it. Last year we didn't run through it because we had so many hurricanes and stuff. We didn't get a chance to check it. This year, I don't really know what's going to happen with the prison. Mm. I, last I heard, it was under contract for someone to scrap a lot of the stuff that's out there and, like, you know, just kind of tear it down and scrap, huh. get what they could. Um, so I don't know if we're going to be able to run through it, but I think we should be able to run around it this year. That's cool. um, so we got the prison, but at the entrance to the park is a veteran cemetery. So our nation's heroes are right there where you come in. And what's cool about the veteran cemetery is there's a big bell and it plays music. So like on the hour, you will hear bells chime while you're running from certain parts of the park. And then of course the entire park flows around uh, chimp haven which is a national, there's probably over 350 chimpanzees that are living 
within a quarter of a mile where you run. Wow. So not feed time, you can hear them. They'll just be howling and making all kinds of chimp vocalizations. So it's kind of cool. So at night when you're out there running, you know, at one in the morning and, you know, you pause your podcast, you will hear chimpanzees probably hooting and howling out there. That's got to be that could I, I would imagine that could mess with you if you kind of sleep deprived and, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> for your money. I mean, first off, we're, we're close <laughs> to a big report. You got a 15.5 mile, you know, loop trail. And the cool thing is every, the start finish is kind of in the middle. So everything kind of the trail flows around the start finish. So you're never more than a mile or two from the start finish at any time. Nice. So that's cool for, you know, aid purposes. We've got eight, we've got great aid stations. We've got, um, you know, chimpanzees, we've got veteran <laughs> cells, I mean, old prison. Uh, nobody famous was ever incarcerated there, unfortunately, but I <laughs> that would help. Hey man, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen buckles with Bigfoot on it, but not a buckle with a monkey on it. I mean, it might be some others, but I mean, there's a monkey on the buckle. I mean, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's cool. cool buckle. And this is a shirt. I wore this today because it's St. Patrick's Day. We were recording this, so I had to have my little green on. Well, there you go. I like it, man. I like it. It's awesome. Uh, no, it sounds like a fantastic race. And and it's sincere. Like if uh, this year, uh, who knows, I might visit or something. But I, I uh, you know, we're doing the Triple Crown, but I, it's on my list, man. So I, I would definitely like to check that out. It sounds really cool. We have a 10, 25K, a 50K, and, and 100K, and 100 miles. So work in your training skill, because maybe, like me, maybe you want to use races as part of your training, you know, program. Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to check that out, man. And then uh, so tell me about now the the old school that's coming up, because I saw some of the posts on that where people were saying they could <laughs> they give you their cassettes and stuff like that for it. Tell yeah. me about tell me about old school, man. The old school, uh, like I said, is is uh, at Lincoln Parish Park and there used to be a race there for years. But now there's nothing. And it's such a great venue to have a trail race at. Um, it's a basically it's a 10 mile loop. And we're going to cut it off, do a five-mile loop for some people uh, who are running a five-mile distance. But um, so a 10-mile loop, you're going to run it once for 10, twice for 20, and three times for 30. Um, I don't know. I just kind of I kind of picked the name, the old school. I just liked it because I, I wanted to, you know, I was thinking about, you know, trail races should be should be fun. And, you know, I, I got to thinking back. But uh, so I came up. And this is this is a prototype I'm going to show you. Okay. So this, right. this is the finisher for a certain. I like it. <laughs> and and it'll be on this blank piece of wood that I prepared, and I'm going to wood burn in here. First place male would be right here. So similar to this, but a lot better. The distance winners are going to get for the five, the ten, the twenty, and the thirty. And you know, I just kind of like doing crafty little stuff like this. I mean, I could spend. It might even be cheaper to go to a trophy shop and get them to make one. But I mean, what's that? I mean, yeah. that's not so. I, th this is going to be a real 45 record. Uh, one of them, Xanadu. I got Xanadu by <laughs> uh, put Xanadu on there and cover it with an old school sticker. Nice. And then Gorilla Glue it. I got put any Gorilla Glue in my hair, but yeah. Gorilla Glue it. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of what it's going to look like. It's it, it's going to be cool. Oh, I like it, man. That's pretty awesome. I think, um, I think people will like it. I, ha I have like awards that are just random things, wood burned, mm. branded pieces of wood and stuff. And, and 
stuff like that, man. That's that's better than any kind of trophy you get at a at a shop, man. That's that's I like. But it. you know, there's only there's only going to be nine of those. I think I'm going to do one for uh, last last place. Forty five is pretty old school. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, Michael, man, uh, I appreciate you getting on here. I love what you're doing in Shreveport. I, and like I said, having met a bunch of the community out there, uh, good people. I mean, I mean, trail runners are usually good people everywhere. And uh, man, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the old school race and uh, and Screaming Monkey, man. I, ho- I hope it becomes a, you know, just a, a continued thing and uh, it continues to grow, man. I, I, I think um, I think you're offering something unique out there, man. Well, so if you are interested in joining, get on a trail street port. We are on Facebook. Uh, we do post a, a schedule now. We're back to posting a schedule. We try to do fun things. Sometimes we travel different places together and, and you know, run trails. I do uh, of different trails in the local area. It's called Hooray Trail Profiling. So all the trails in our area, if you're in the Shreveport area, you can get on, get on a trail street port and you can, I probably ran that trail and kind of did a little uh, tidbit or a little profile on it. There you go. And also, uh, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, there'll be an insert in here somewhere. There is a discount for the Run the Riot podcast. So be listening for it and uh, you get a 10 percent discount. That's great, man. It's awesome. I'm offering no other this year. Your your disc podcast discount is going to be the only discount. All right. You're special. I'm special. My mom always told me I we was appreciate special. Oh, uh, hey, uh, appreciate appreciate you partnering with the podcast, man. And uh, I guess I, I love I love watching uh, seeing good people do good things, and I love when uh, to watch these our races grow. And Louisiana, man, that's that's my that's my home state, man. So got to got to keep growing the races down there. People need to get out there and eat our good food and hang with our good people and run our good trails. Hey, can you give me a tip on what this week's midweek motivation is going to be? Oh, it, it came, it came, it came out earlier. It came, it came, well, it, it's out. It's out right now. So I released it this morning. So it's, uh, here, here's, it's an easy, well, it's a, it's an easy challenge. Sometimes it's, it's about getting some rest. Okay. So, I'm gonna so, listen. All right. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> uh, well, Michael, man, hey, good having you on the podcast. And, uh, man, looking forward to uh, just continue to partner with you guys. And, uh, yeah, hope to hope to hear some screaming monkeys. <laughs> Great, man. Thanks. You You know, you're welcome to come. And I uh, would love to have you. And I, I hope it fits into your schedule. But, you know, I understand if you don't want to burn yourself out for those 200-mile races you got. Well, I think it'll be November. It'll, I'll be done with them. It'll just be if I, if I can still walk. <laughs> Dude, I mean, every, I mean, every time I hear that or the outlaw 100 has that 135, I just think, why? Is it 100 enough? <laughs> like after the hundred, I was like, enough. <laughs> I don't know, man. We got to burn off some extra crazy or something. Huh? Another 35. My God. <laughs> or an oh. extra 200 in your case or extra hundred. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see if I get I it. Like, I like to break races down into parts. Like, oh, I've gone 12 miles. Only got to go 12 more miles. That's halfway. But when you do 200, you're like, I still got to go 100 miles. Yeah, you can't think like that, man. It'll mess with your head. Like, you really can't dwell on that because no. <laughs> it, will, it will crush you. Yeah, yeah. I better. Yeah. Oh, man. Michael, hey, man, what? awesome, awesome visiting with you, man. And I uh, hope we get to run some trails in person, brother. All right, man. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, man.